The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Dr. Deepika Chopra. My passion, calling, and job is really all about blending together holistic practices with real evidence-based science to help people around the world cultivate more optimism, success, and resiliency. You won't want to miss this new podcast as you'll get to hear from elite athletes, recording artists, couples, and maybe even my toddler. So if you're into arming yourself with some new practical happiness tools, join me on Mondays for your morning optimism dose. Oh, and don't forget, things are looking up. Hi, I'm Mariana, and welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. I'm so excited for this episode because I have my friend Deepika Mutiala joining us. She's the founder and CEO of Live Tinted, which if you don't know what that is, it's a community-driven brand that celebrates multicultural beauty. I've really been with Deepika for so much of this journey, and I'm so proud of her. So I wanted to bring her on so we could talk about the challenges she faces in her business, the best advice she's ever received, and how she stands out in a crowded industry. So if you want to hear all this and more from Deepika, keep listening. Deepika, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So you are the founder and CEO of Live Tinted. And I feel like I've really been on this journey with you since, you the, like, <laughs> since the beginning. Do you remember the first time we met in, in real life? I was thinking about that yesterday and the answer is no, but it was definitely an event. So I can't remember the very first time we met in person, but I remember when you first moved to LA, we went to a breakfast with Jessica Alba and Honest Beauty. And there was only like six or eight of us. It was really small. Okay. I just actually have to like dive into that for a second because I moved to LA three days before that. And I remember walking into this thinking it was going to be your typical beauty influencer event with a ton of people. And it was so intimate. And that is my actual like full memory of meeting you and Shawnee and a few other people. And I just remember thinking like, is this what LA is like? You just go to Lauderay and like hang out with Jessica Alba. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I just remember being like, cause I thought I had like seen you before in person, but I was talking to you. Like I've known you forever. Like, oh my gosh, you just moved here. How's it going? Like, and Anyway, so since then, we are part of like a group. It's just like, it's like an official club. It's just like a group of friends. Like we text and pre-COVID, we would hang out with each other. And Deepika was working on Live Tinted at the time. And it wasn't launched yet, but it was a concept and idea. And in our meetings, you would bring samples, you would bring packaging designs. And I, I really feel like I've been on this whole journey with you. Yeah. And I just have to say, you, you didn't mention this because you're too humble to, but you're the reason that club came together and exists. Like Mariana got together a bunch of beauty brand founders. And I was so grateful because I was the only one who hadn't launched my brand yet. And so I got to go there and really pick their brains and ask questions that really most people don't get to do. And I, I mean, honestly, I'm still, I mean, just the other day I was asking questions about where can I find merch contacts and everyone responded and it's pretty incredible. It really kind of goes into this idea of we all can win, you know? Absolutely. And even if it's like people aren't asking for my advice, I'm always giving it because I always have an opinion on something and I love seeing everything you've done with the brand. And now I feel like people know it, but if they don't know what Live Tinted is, what is your beauty company? Yeah. So Live Tinted is a multicultural beauty brand focused on diversity and inclusion in the beauty industry. And that was probably the first time I've said the description of the brand without starting with it being about a community. And Mariana, when we first started talking about it, it that's exactly what it was. It was a community first brand. Um, and I feel like a lot of people say that it's kind of buzzy to say, oh, we're a community 
blah, 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 blah. But we, we truly did start this entire business with that community in mind first. So it's, it's, it's been an interesting journey. And then your career pre-starting a brand, I think is really important. So talk to us a little bit about college, post-college, and really what your first job in beauty was. Yeah. So I grew up in Texas where I'm back at now. And my dream since I was, my actual memories I have when I was like 15, begging my dad to work at a Mac store, like that was the dream of dreams, but he wouldn't let me. And that was kind of the point where I knew that I wanted to create my own beauty brand to create representation for people who look like me. I just have very distinct memories going into the stores and not seeing people who look like myself. And there was like this pit in my stomach that I had to be the one to change that. Um, So everything I did from that point onwards was to get me to the point of launching Live Tinted. And so in college, I went to the University of Texas. I was a business major, marketing specifically. And my first internship was at L'Oreal. And it was like my dream of dreams, you know, like it was like leaving Texas and going to the Big Apple and um, interning there. It was incredible. But I actually didn't get the full-time offer, which was really heartbreaking at the time, but truly is an example of everything happening for a reason. Cause I ended up finding my way to Birchbox, which at the time was probably the biggest tech specifically in beauty, hundred percent company in the game. And they really revolutionized the entire subscription model. So it was really dope being there and an early employee there and really seeing what it's like to build a company from the ground up. And then while you were working there, is that when you had your viral video? It is. So I, you know, at a startup, the cool part is that you can kind of work in every and any part of the company that you express interest in. And so I saw this whole world of influencers coming up and this is when you were, you were one of the OGs. So I feel like I definitely remember seeing your content and thinking there was nobody who looked like me doing it. And so in January of 2015, I sort of picked up my iPhone and it was held vertically instead of horizontally. I know, I feel like that's an important detail to share with people that I did not know what I was doing and filmed a video using red lipstick under my eyes to mask dark circles. And it got picked up by Buzzfeed and my life forever changed. So would you say that you became an accidental influencer? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like in my brain, the plan was always to create my own beauty brand, but it was never to be influential, or I guess you would say famous because the word influencer wasn't really like that much of a thing at the time, but that was never the intent. Absolutely. And I think that's almost kind of why it worked for Mm -hmm. me. Well, that's what my next question was like, how can someone go viral or is it only like really natural and you can't force virality? Yeah. And, you know, I do think this day and age, you can look at what's trending and sort of take your take on something and create content based off of it. But for me at that time, it was truly just solving a beauty concern that I had witnessed my whole life of having dark circles and creating a solution for it that I hadn't seen anybody else do. And I figured if this was something that worked for me, if nothing else, my like friends and family who always contacted me for beauty advice had somewhere to go to get answers for um, my skin tone. So then you pivoted from working at a company to becoming an influencer now, but you always wanted to go back to starting your own brand. I did. So really what happened was when that video went viral, I got an email from the Today Show and I had like, I know your past life, you were a host and that's why it's so dope to see this podcast come to life. But I remember getting that email and thinking, oh my gosh, I could be the next, I could be the first Indian Hoda or like Savannah Guthrie. And I just like got me so excited. and. 
I quit my job the day I got the email from the Today Show. I remember going to the CEO of Birchbox and saying, I have this just gut feeling that this is the sign I needed to say that I was ready to take the next step to get towards creating my own beauty brand. And it felt like if the whole goal of the beauty brand was to create something that was providing representation for people who look like me, I had that same opportunity as an influencer. And it was sort of this like, quote unquote, 15 minutes of fame that could have either been a really cool story to tell, like, you know, my kids 10 years later, or I could take that 15 minutes of fame and turn it into my dream career. And that's kind of what happened. Let's break for a moment to talk about the seasons changing and moving into a new time of year, spring. Something about moving from cooler temperatures to sunnier days brings on a feeling of new beginnings. I love spring in Los Angeles, and here it means enjoying a shift to warmer temperatures and feeling really energized by a new season. It also is the perfect time to shift my wardrobe from cozy layers to spring fabrics, dresses, and floral prints that really remind me of the spring season. And Other Stories is a spring-style destination with collections from three ateliers based in Stockholm, Paris, and Los Angeles, and I've already picked out some pieces to wear as I transition my wardrobe into a new season. There are three different cities that inspire their collections. The Stockholm looks are a minimalist dream, inspired by the city's reawakening after a long winter. The Paris Atelier offers an effortlessly feminine look with romantic prints and silhouettes. The LA collection captures the confidence, glamour, and bright outlook of a California girl just like me. And my personal style is a mix of all three, so their pieces match perfectly with my aesthetic. And Other Stories invites you to discover new wardrobe treasures this spring. Get inspired and create your own signature style at stories.com. And for a limited time only, take 15% off your entire order on stories.com with the code Mariana. That's M-A-R-I-A-N-N-A for 15% off your entire order on stories.com. I can't wait to see how you style your looks this spring. Now let's get back to the episode. You know, you've been an influencer for the last few years and that's something that you still did, but then when did you know it was the right time to actually start the brand? I mean, it was always in your head, but how did you know it was like, okay, the time is now to like pull the trigger? Yeah. That's another thing that I feel like you get signs that happen around you. And it's like almost like a ripple effect of signs that make you have this just gut feeling of it's now. And for me specifically, I got approached by a man who wanted me to come and start a beauty brand with him. And I was really flattered and honored. But what I really realized with that was, okay, so I've had this dream since I was 16 and I was going to go join someone else's company. No, like I was going to start this brand. And so it was one of those things that kind of put fire under me to get started. And also at that point, I'll be honest with you, I feel like everything I dreamt of or could have done for representation for people who look like me as a beauty influencer, I had been able to do like crazy dream things like being in a L'Oreal and Samsung commercial and Mac campaigns and things that like even saying that out loud now is <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you never would have imagined as a kid, right? Like I'm sure you feel the same way. I mean, I was definitely watching you on TV. I feel like I was watching the Super Bowl or like some big award show or something. And all of a sudden I saw your commercial come on and not only was it on just like regular TV, but it was on during something where everyone was watching it. And I like took a video of my TV to see. And I think it's so incredible. And I think there are so many people who look up to you and that's why your brand is so important that it exists. So when it comes to branding and your brand DNA, what is most important to you? That's a good question because when we were starting, there's so many things brands could stand for, right? Like you could be clean, you could be vegan, you can be cruelty-free, you can be sustainable. 
And we are all of those things, but it's not what we scream to the rooftops because it's so important and so true to me and what I felt growing up that representation and inclusion was at the forefront of our brand. And it really started as something that I felt like was for people, again, who I say look like me, South Asian women. But then it, the coolest part about it was that I realized Live Tinted really was a community and a home for anyone who felt like they were underrepresented in the beauty industry. And this idea of we all have a tint to our skin and some of us never felt like they could actually embrace and celebrate that. And so it's sort of evolved naturally and organically just by the voice of feeling sort of left out into this bigger community and home and, and something that I feel really proud of. And so representation to me is not just about one-off products, one-off campaigns, but down to everything we do from our board to investors, to hiring decisions, to all of the above, it has to live within the DNA of the brand. And I even see that like when you guys show like BTS of like your shoots, like even the people that you choose to like shoot your campaigns. So you don't just stand for it externally, but really internally too, across all aspects of the business. Yeah. And I think things like that tend to make you move slightly slower, but I feel very strongly that it is so important to stick to your mission and your vision from day one throughout every layer of the business. And listen, we're three years in and I still feel like we're sticking to that. And I don't want it to change as we grow. If anything, I want us to hopefully have more budget to only make bigger impact with it. Exactly. And what, when year did you start working on Live Tinted officially? So at the end of 2017 was when I like created the corporation. And then January of 2018 is when we launched as a community platform, but our first product didn't launch until May of 2019. And then speaking of, you know, when you switched from, well, not switch, but when you pivoted from a community platform to now selling product, what were some of the first steps that you took when creating the, the products that you wanted to sell? The very first step that we did was pull the community. To me, that was really important if you were going to be a community first brand to sort of have the community be a part of the journey. But also on the flip side of it, it's like the best focus group ever. They're the people that are going to buy your product. So why wouldn't you ask them what it is that they want? And for me, after that video went viral using a red lipstick under my eyes, I got approached by so many brands to create color correctors with them. But I always knew that like that was something that I was meant to do for my own brand. I guess I was slightly unsure three years later whether the market still needed it. Because I remember when the video went viral, every brand was being pressured to create a color corrector um, by retailers. And so they did it, but none of them really stuck. And I think it's because, again, this is a very specific product for specific people, but I truly believe to be a massive product, you start with being a niche product. And for me, solving that beauty concern of hyperpigmentation really was the way to go. But the coolest part was three years later, when we asked the community, we asked what the number one beauty concern was for them. And overwhelmingly, people said dark circles and hyperpigmentation. And I think that's why people went along this journey with me and now are going on the journey with Lip Tinted. We really pride ourselves on being a problem solution oriented brand. And I think it's authentic. So if people are just creating products because it became a trend, it was because they were just following the market. And of course, like there's going to be some of that as you create products. But I think you actually created this because it was something you you needed and you knew other people needed as well. Yeah. And then I think it's important to pivot with the time. So like instead of creating just a color corrector, which is typically an artistry product, we made it into a multi-stick that you can use on your eyes, cheeks, and lips for everyday life for a couple of reasons. Because of the multifunctionality of it, we could open to a larger market audience, but 
in addition to that, it also was kind of like, for me, I didn't want people with dark circles or hyperpigmentation to feel like they had to hide this concern in their life. To me, I wanted to create a solution for it, but also give you the optionality and create a brand that really made you take pride in that and sort of turn these things that the beauty industry has traditionally told us are imperfections into just who you are and kind of celebrate that. My personal favorite shade is Perk. It's the one that I wear all the time and I love it. It's so good. Now too. I know every time you post it, it just, I can tell you genuinely love it because of the amount of times you post it. <laughs> and I, I know when you like genuinely love a product and it, it just means the world. Let's take a break for a moment to talk about a supplement that I love to start in my morning routine. The Nuco is a clean supplement brand who is on a mission to improve people's health by addressing physical, mental, environmental, and social well-being. Their cult status products have received rave reviews from Forbes, Fast Company, Vogue, and GQ, with Business Insider saying their products work better than any other in the market. Their formulas are made using clean and sustainable ingredients, sourced using practices that reinvest into the farming communities, and donate 1% of online sales to Charity Water, helping increase access to clean water in developing communities. Their products cover everything from skin health to gut health and sleep. I've been taking their nootropic, Nutrofocus, every morning for a few weeks now, and it's designed to help you with mind fog, improve mental clarity, and focus. Think of it as a multivitamin for your brain, and it's amazing for me in the morning because I have so many things on my to-do list. It definitely helps me power through and do everything I need to do throughout the day. You can get 20% off their supplements using the code MARIANA20 until the end of February. You can visit thenewco.com, and again, that's MARIANA20 for 20% off. Now, let's get back to the episode. When starting your company, what were some of the challenges that you faced? I mean, there's so many that come up, but any that come to mind? Well, I think for me, I have always been an independent worker and doer and hiring is still to this day, the toughest part for me. And also managing a team. Like I know how to be myself, but I'm not, I, I know my strengths and weaknesses and team management is not my strength. But when we started the company, we couldn't afford to just bring in all these senior people. So I kind of had to figure it out and make it work. But it's actually something that I even now recognize more than ever. And I need to focus on my strengths and hire for my weaknesses. And so we're actively looking to bring in someone at a senior capacity to sort of handle what I think is so important, right? Like I want people to come into work every single day and be so excited. Like I want them to have pride that they work at this company and I want them to have long-term careers with us. And I also know that there's people who have done that at other businesses that can come in and share their learnings to teach me also. Mm -hmm. I always say that you need to hire people smarter than yourself. And I've, I've heard other people say that, but I feel like until you actually have your own business, it's like, oh, wow, that is very real. <laughs> Absolutely. There's so many things that Lauren and I don't know how to do. And we have no ego in that of like, yeah. as soon as we could, like, let's add one more person to like do these things that we don't know how to do and hiring people who are smarter than us, who have done it before, who know how to do things we don't know how to do. Because same like you, I'm not good at managing people. And I don't even know how to train someone. If I've never done the job before, I don't know how I'm supposed to tell somebody what to do because I've never actually had to do that. So I think for us, hiring people who have had a role similar to that or worked at a similar company before, they can teach us so much. And you know, like we're nothing without our employees and it takes yeah. time to, you know, build and be able to slowly hire. But once you do, it's like, oh my gosh, everyone is just like the best. Yeah. And I also think to give yourself grace and knowing that like, you don't have to have all the answers. I had to give myself grace for that. Cause I didn't, 
I, I felt really hard on myself at points being like, why can't I figure this out? I should be able to do it. But no, like everyone has their magic and that's why there are teams and you have to kind of accept that. And I do feel really fortunate that I had resources like Founders Club, like we mentioned earlier, but I think everyone can find their version of that. Even if it is as simple as listening to podcasts like this, whatever it is in their wheelhouse that they have access to, to sort of get these questions answered and not feel bad about that. I don't know if there's anyone out there with my personality type where it it just feels like you should figure it all out on your own. And it's, I kind of feel like it's okay to ask for help. And when it comes to asking for help, what's some of the best business tips or advice that you've received? Because I know you have a lot of other founder friends too. Yeah, I think I I feel really fortunate when I did the whole fundraising thing. I didn't want to go to massive institutional investors, especially in the beginning, you know, who knows what will end up in the future. But it was really important to me that I sort of took all these incredible mentors and advisors in my life and had them formally be a part of my business and, and have them really be guiding me through this process. Like it wasn't about their check. It was about their advice and guidance and learning from their mistakes. And one of the pieces of advice that I got from one of our mutual friends, Sherry was to cut out the noise because I think a lot of times in the beginning I was, Oh gosh, (laughs) By the way, you also gave me this advice. In the beginning, it's just really easy in the social media lens and world that, to kind of get distracted. You see what other people are doing. You see their wins. You see them entering into retailers or doing partnerships or scaling products 5X faster than you. And it's like, why aren't we doing that? But at the same vein, we're not doing that because we're creating our own narrative, our own story. And that's a beautiful thing. And once I could accept that and recognize that, it sort of put me at peace and calm and made me realize, I kept telling myself in 10 years from now, when I look back, I want to be proud of my narrative, not mimicking someone else's narrative. Exactly. I think that's really good advice. And it is so difficult on social media because you, you see and follow other friends and founders, and then you see their brands and it is really competitive. And I think even like when we see news and headlines, it's really easy to say like, oh my gosh, this person got this valuation or raised this much money. And it makes it a competition, but it doesn't have to be because in beauty, I'm wearing... 20 brands on my face right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we can all win. I've you I have so much stuff in my bathroom. Like you're com- you're not competing with just one brand. No one uses one brand on their entire face from their skincare and their makeup. So it's like if we all win and support each other, it's okay. It's okay to support everybody else. I also think it's important for people to realize that headlines are absolutely not everything. And sometimes they're not even true. Like you see a headline and sometimes it paints this picture of, oh my God, that bit, like you said, with the valuations and stuff, what I'm now learning, and I'm totally not the person to have explain all the details and finances that go into a business, but I am learning, actively learning. And it's a part of the business that I want to know more about because I think the most empowering thing of owning a business is really understanding the finances behind it. Again, knowing that it's not my strength, but I need to learn it at the baseline. But what I've learned is it's not always about the valuation. It's not always about what you see in the headlines. That's that's always the media picking the parts that they find to be the most interesting story. And I'm not sitting here saying that not everyone's true, but I do think it's important for people to know that there's so much that goes into the business behind the scenes that truly makes a business, not just what you see in front of the scenes. Absolutely. When you shifted your career from, you know, working at a traditional like job and then being an influencer and then back to starting a company, if someone was like you and working at a company, how could they pivot their career into working in beauty? 
I always say the best thing you can do is do tests because jumping fully forward is really scary. And I can totally see how that feels scary. And like we said earlier, you can't predict virality. Like you can't sit there and say, okay, well, I'm going to do a video and it's going to go viral and I'm going to quit my job. And that's, what's going to happen. What I think you can learn from my narrative is more that I was still working at a full-time job. And on my weekend, I picked up my phone and filmed a video and put it on YouTube without any knowledge of how to do content and just saw what happened. That to me is a version of a test. And what came from that was real momentum. And that's what made me take the leap. And sort of, I do still think at the end of the day, there is a gut instinct you have to have in yourself that says, this is the sign I need to take the leap, but don't do it without testing things um, in the meantime. And testing is something that even now with the business, I'm actively like, you know, the same thing, like we have all these ideas in our head, but it's, if you don't want to distract too much and you want to make sure you have the secure part of the business running. So just like I did when I was pivoting to um, become an influencer, the same way to go into a beauty brand, do tests. You can learn so much from it. It it actually will really amaze you. And you'll learn a lot of pivots that you need to take for the business too. I also love this new self-care Deepika, like this version of yourself this year. I feel like you've really like it's, we're both the same way. Like before it was like, go, go, go career FOMO. There was so much we were trying to do, but this year, I feel like you've learned to have more balance in your career and life. What kind of inspired that? Yeah. And I think everyone is feeling it this year, obviously with the pandemic and everything happening, but I, I, I will say I was feeling it last year. It was a, a mixture of burnout and missing my family. I, my nephew was born and I realized the world is so digital that you really can do your job from anywhere in the world these days. And I think that realization is really what made me kind of have this moment of what am I doing here in LA? And, you know, when I, I lived in New York before LA and they're like the most cherished, amazing memories of my life. And I think if I never did it, I'd always wonder what if. And I do think that those years at that time in life were important to be in those cities. But the world has evolved so much that I truly believe you can make your dreams reality from anywhere in the world. I think so too. Like I was talking about things I'm grateful for and I'm so grateful for the internet because (laughs) (laughs) I'm able to connect with people all over, do work from anywhere. And I'm like, truly like if we would have had to be in a quarantine like 10 years ago, I don't know what we would have done. Yeah. And I I also think just this idea of, you know, I remember an old boss of mine saying there is no such thing as work-life balance. (laughs) I really want to change that mentality for my company. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I still have a lot to work to do. And I think that's part of the reason I want to bring in more senior people, but I want to make sure that employees do feel like they can create some sort of work-life balance because I also want that, right? Like I just, it's starting to hit me and maybe it's because I hit my thirties, but what's the point of all of this if you, if you're not truly happy. And to me, it's that, that means family. That might answer my next question, but I was going to ask, what's a life lesson that you wish you would have learned earlier? Whenever I heard the question, like, what do you wish you knew at 16? I think the coolest part about my journey, which I feel very grateful for, is that I always knew what I wanted to do since a young age. And I think there's some people out there that are still figuring out what it is they want to do. And that's totally okay. There's also this other batch of people who know exactly what they want to do, but there's a lot of noise in their head. So it kind of goes back to that thing that I said earlier about, I just wish at 16, I didn't let so many of the, so much of the noise around me impact my decision-making and who 
I was at the time. But at the end of the day, I think it, it made me who I am today. So it's one of those things that like, for example, I dyed my hair blonde. I got blue contacts. I wanted to look like everyone around me at school that was considered cool. When I think about it, I'm like, man, that really sucks that I felt that way. But that experience is what made me want to shape a brand that is all about people embracing where they come from and their roots. Because I want another 16-year-old deeps growing up today to proudly walk around with their black hair and brown eyes and and have that be a beauty statement. So it's kind of like, you know, you go through those experiences to be where you are now, but cutting out the noise, I feel like you and I could both say like over and over again, just please do it for your own sanity. So you were just um, speaking about Live Tinted and how you want it to affect your customers, but how do you want the brand to make people feel? Uh, That's exactly it. Like to me, our products are just a vehicle for our message and our movement. It isn't about like, I think, I think I know you feel this way too, is there's a million beauty products out there and you want the products that you create to feel special, which is why I think it's so incredible that you started with the hero skew and started with jet lag the way you did. We also took that approach. I remember saying to investors that I want every product to feel like the beauty blender, where it was like this hero moment product that revolutionized this industry. And unless it feels that way, I don't want to release it. And that doesn't mean that it, it could be across packaging. It could be across the branding. It could be across the messaging, but whatever it is, I want it to stand for something that has meaning behind it and make people feel like when they're holding this product, they're a part of a bigger movement. That's all about embracing where you come from. And how do you make your brand stand out in a crowded industry? Because especially in beauty right now, I feel like there's so many brands coming up. There totally are. But I think a part of it is what you said that you can all coexist, but I do think it is so important to find what it is that's true to you. Because I I think it's unrealistic to say that you're going to start the most innovative beauty. And also, by the way, I feel like that makes people feel like defeated. And I don't want people to feel that way is that it is totally possible, but it does have to be genuine to you. I said genuine instead of authentic because I'm so over the word authentic, (laughs) but, um, but I mean it like something that's genuine to you will resonate and speak to other people. And that could be a hair oil or an eyeliner, a lipstick, whatever it is. But I just, what bothers me is when people just launch a product to launch a product because it's trending and it's a thing to do, but it doesn't connect to the person. I think consumers are smart and want to purchase and more so Gen Z is only becoming more so this way, purchasing products that have purpose and are doing good for the world. Gen Z, they are so smart. I feel like they're, they're, uh-huh. it's such a generation of educated consumers and they are so savvy. And I think if you're a brand, you should absolutely be on TikTok. If you're not posting just to like watch and see the way that they think about brand and product and how stuff can go viral. And yeah. I, they're like, I'm always sending stuff on TikTok to people on our team. Like, look what this person's posting. And I, it's like a great form of I research. All day on Slack. I'm like, wait, this is dope. This is cool. We need to, put, I feel like it's also a great way to um, find new talent that I think another thing I always say to new people starting businesses is don't go for the big influencers. Of course, that's a cool moment and that'll come in time. And you can take a percentage of your efforts to try and reach out to those people. But there are so many eager, incredibly talented, creative people online. And TikTok to me is a great place to discover these people that are just so like green and ready to partner with people. I really feel like there's something there that's like a hidden gem that would be really smart for new brands to kind of approach. I agree. And a little bit ago, we were talking about like supporting roles at Live Tinted. So where do you post your job listings in case people would like to come work for you? I think the most valuable tool for us has been LinkedIn. So I think if you just follow us there, you'll always be up to date on what we're hiring for. And is there anything specific you look for on resumes or when you're interviewing people? 
what is it that you have as a skill set that's valuable to live tinted and and do your homework ahead of time to come in and say hey i see that tiktok is a huge opportunity for you guys you guys are just starting it and i think it's cool what you're doing but here's a strategy of how you can grow it and create an ambassador program on it like people who do their homework is so important to me and i know that sounds really simple but you would be surprised how many people just think they can walk in and because of their resume they landed a job the resume is what gets you in the door. It's not what gets you the job. Very smart. And then I think that self-doubt is something that we all kind of struggle with. When you have moments of that, how do you get through it? Okay. This is going to sound really cheesy, but I am all about the fake it till you make it mentality to the point where now um, I meditate in the mornings. I'm not great about it. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I do like an hour long meditation because I don't. But even if it's a five to 10 minute headspace, and when I do that, I, I kind of recite this mantra in my head to be fearless because I truly believe that being fearless is what got, is what got me to where I am today and sort of built the brand that I've built, which I attribute so much of that to the network that I've built. And when I say that, I feel very proud of that because it's not like I had any connections of any sort. I moved to New York City and just contacted my mom's uncles, friends, sisters, aunties, <laughs> You know, in the Indian world, there's a whole grapevine associated with it, but it doesn't come to you. You have to go to it. And especially because within the South Asian community, there's not a lot of us in the beauty or fashion space. So I remember seeing Rachel Roy at a bar and going up to her and just introducing myself, Jessica Alba at a hotel lobby and introducing myself. And you almost just have to fake this confidence that that person could be lucky to know you, which is kind of insane because they're who they are. But that sort of confidence exudes and that person can feel it and you never know where it could lead to. I love that. It could lead to a lottery lunch with you. And now here I am on your podcast. You know? <laughs> so all because you went up to Jessica Alva that day. That's, that's how exactly. we know each other now. A couple quick questions I wanted to ask. Top three Holy Grail beauty products. You can name one of yours. Okay, cool. I'm glad I was going to ask that. I have to say the Hue stick because I love that it's an everyday multi-stick eye, cheek, and lip product. You're going to think I'm just saying this because it's you, but the jet lag mask has been a skin hydrating savior and the beauty blender. I think it's genius. Oh, I love my beauty blender. It is the best beauty tool. Like applying my foundation, concealer, like any creamy products. It's, I can't like do my makeup without it. It's the OG. And I still believe that there's nothing as good as it. It's amazing. Favorite work productivity app or program that you use? I would say Trello because for me, I am such a, my brain is racing 24 seven and something I promised myself and the team, which was a practice I had at my previous jobs that I didn't want to bring into the company. And I did do in the early days. I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't was texting. And I really wanted to move away from texting employees. And so of mm -hmm. course Slack exists for that. But outside of Slack, something for me is making sure that I don't contact employees as much as possible on weekends. And in order to do that, though, I have to have like a list somewhere because my brain is always racing. Right. And so Trello has been really good for me. And I have a board that says Deepika board and on the Deepika board, this is embarrassing, but I'm going to share it. I have a, it's called Deepika brain vomit. And what I do over the weekend is literally just list out anything that's on my brain in the brain <laughs> vomit. And then on Mondays I go over it with my EA and we like go through it and then she'll say, okay, I'll contact this person to do this and you'll do this and keep this here. And, but doing that helps me sort of maintain sanity for the team. And again, like I said, my strength is not being a man and I'm actively trying to do my best to get better at that. 
that actually is something that I do too, except for I call it brain dump. And I have like oh, a really? okay. thing. And then like first thing, I'll just like anything that comes to my mind, I just like type it out. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm talking about later. Like I'll look at this, like <laughs> what did this word even mean? Um, but I'll just, anything that comes to my mind, I, I make a list. And then I try to like also not work on the weekends, but things definitely pop into my head. I feel like you're probably just like me where like even random product name ideas come to your brain because you're watching something or something like that. And I, I don't want to forget it. So having like mm-hmm. a dumper of vomit somewhere, if they take anything away from this podcast, it's to have a brain dump and or vomit. <laughs> yeah. It's so helpful. And then what I'll do now on the weekends, which maybe you could do this too, is I'll draft an email and then I type it and then I save it as a draft. And then on Monday, I'll send it out on Monday so that I'm not emailing people on the weekend. So that way I still remember to write the email. So it's actually done, but I'm not like bothering people on the weekends, which sometimes I do, but we try to be really good about that too. Last question, a personal goal that you are working on. Work-life balance, a hundred percent. I'm about to freeze my eggs and go through that process. And I never would have prioritized my personal life if it wasn't for reaching a total place of burnout. And I, I hope my vulnerability and honesty about that helps other people realize that it's okay to sort of take a break and prioritize your personal life. And for me, that was moving home and trying to find a way to make all of it work. Cause I don't know. I believe that you can have it all. It's just about phases of life for when it happens. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I love that you're doing that. And I'm so proud of you and so excited for you. Uh, If people want to buy Live Tinted and follow you, where can they find your brand? LiveTinted.com and Live Tinted on all social platforms and at Deepika on all social platforms also. Amazing. Thank you, Deepika. Thanks for having me. And I have to say one more thing about like this is like, I just feel like I'm so grateful to have you in my life because you are just so, I don't think the world knows this and I don't feel like I'm ever going to publicly be able to say this, but you are so supportive of everyone around you. And I feel like you need to, um, I feel like the world should just know. So I had to say, thank you. Well, now my eyes are watery. (laughs) That was so sweet. Cause I like genuinely like I want all of my friends to succeed. I want the best for them. And if there's anything I can do to like help my friends out or like advice or packaging or quick call me or whatever it is, like I just want everyone to win. And so I'm so happy to support you and where the brand is going. And hopefully after this, everyone goes on Live Tinted and buys a Hue stick. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next.